Hey, so before we get started on today's episode, I just wanted to let you guys know that the internet wasn't super great during this interview, but the interview was really, really worthwhile. Um, I am very excited to have done the interview, so I did my best to edit it up, but that brings me to some good news that I have, and that is, number one, I have a very kind and very, very talented friend helping me with editing starting next Sunday, so that means that I am... <laughs> going to be passing along the reins and not trying to be out of my element and we're going to see how well that works and I think that it'll work well uh stellar dude very talented and educated also I fixed my internet and I also upgraded my uh computer well I'm borrowing one for now and then I'm going to be upgrading it as well as my microphone so going forward the quality should be a little bit better for everybody so I just wanted to let y'all know and yeah, I hope you enjoy the interview. The Conquest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with Flores, who writes articles and this really exciting article that he wrote was about how to live a magical life. So how are you today, Flores? Today was actually a very quiet day. Hello, audience. Uh, well, I don't <laughs> know where. Canada, all over. Um, today was a very wide day. I got my first haircut cut since the corona crisis started. So uh, the, the, they opened Great. up again. And... Uh, of course, you have to think, oh my God, will I get the disease? And at the same time, uh, I look like a freak. So. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm very lucky because I just cut my own hair. My hair is, you can't tell right now, but it's very wild. Yep. So ah. it doesn't really matter how it gets cut. It always looks wild. So I just cut my own, save some money. Yes, and uh, women have a little bit more freedom in general than men in how they wear it. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. If a, <laughs> if a man wears hair like this, people oh, would yes, probably yes. think... <laughs> Yeah, for women that goes for men, that would be, uh, you have to be a certain kind of profession and type and you immediately be classified in a certain corner. Absolutely. So I'm sure that my audience hear your accent. So you are in Amsterdam? I'm Amsterdam. Yeah, I'm, I'm Dutch. Uh, so I was born and raised Dutch. Uh, I've only lived very shortly in Denmark. Okay. And for the rest, I've been here, but I do work and travel all over Europe. And into Canada once, United States once, New Zealand. And and Canada was awesome, I assume. <laughs> Canada, so was Canada was really awesome. beautiful. Although uh, biggest part I stayed with the farms of my family. I have a lot of family in Alberta. Okay, okay, beautiful yeah. skies in Alberta. The sky is always so really pretty. Beautiful. I love the Rockies more though. More adventure, more <laughs> wild bears and things. Yeah, too. I'm a. I'm a West Coast kind of girl. I uh, I just love it. So, um, and I just want to clarify. So, Amsterdam is in Holland, which is a province in the Netherlands, right? Yes, that's correct. It's, <laughs> I it's actually so called the Kingdom of the Netherlands, of which oh. the Netherlands is a part, of which Holland is a part, which is where the Dutch live. So, uh, <laughs> history uh, made us a difficult country. Yeah, it's no small wonder that nobody knows. Like, people will be like, Holland, the country where the Dutch people live. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's not a country. I'm pretty sure it's the Netherlands. Um, yes, but uh, even our Dutch tourist agency is Holland. 
dot org or <laughs> com because everybody you know it's it's also how many countries call us Olanda. Uh, for some countries it's the official name for our country. So oh. yeah, from <laughs> the from that. the outside, eh? the French call yeah. us Le Pays Bas. The lowlands, uh, and some call Hollanda, Holland, Holandaise, I don't know. That's very cool. So I, I have a question. How did you learn how to live a magical life? Like what, what led you to having all this wisdom? Not articleism, which is why I reached out to you. So what, what kind of led you there? Yeah, thank you for uh, saying this compliment. Uh, I'm still learning to be a good writer. Uh, that's very tough. Uh, magical life was easier, actually, because magic happens, and, and then you wonder why i'm a very playful guy so i was born and raised very now i wasn't say raised playfully but i played a lot i have a very imaginative mind and uh, then i had a career which is outside the bounds of everyone most people okay and uh, i played around and got away with it and i and then i started to wonder why is not everyone playing more and getting away with it and then what it is we still have to define <laughs> um so uh you can for instance one of the things i do is invent my own job titles because we can mm-hmm. uh then um I, I also of course have had dark spots uh, depression uh, mental instability and each time often something ma- magical helped me through <laughs> um to give an example uh, one day I was sitting in a train and I was really mental uh, fuzz. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, spinning thoughts and I was like 18, 19. And I thought, oh my God, how do I get out of this? This is too much. How can I combine everything? And then it was like I saw a huge uh, smile on the horizon. <laughs> and Or I imagined it. A huge smile yeah. on the horizon, like the whole horizon was one smile. And I think I take myself too fucking serious. You know, that, that's a <laughs> saying. It's now a famous saying. Uh, it was also not in my how I thought it, but it's what I would say now explains the thing. Take yourself too fucking serious. Ni- 95% of everything you're thinking is pure bullshit. And that thought was so healing. Oh my God, I don't have to make sense of everything. Just let it go. Oh, the really... So, yeah, and like, I don't have to follow these random arbitrary rules yes or um and much later to give a, a, a terrible example i would say terrible of course we all have once in a while fight with person and then uh, then this thought comes up I, i'm gonna stab her you know the really mm-hmm. bad bad yeah. thing and then you realize oh yeah but that's a silly thought and i don't have to believe it and it's my anger and it's an imagination because i see a knife is on the kitchen uh, thing so it's a thought. It, I don't have to take it seriously. And then I later read that those people that suppress such thoughts uh, and not allow the fantasy for a moment, they actually become more aggressive than the ones that think, oh, there's the fantasy. Oh, interesting fantasy. Okay, and now I can let it go. So yeah. To, so bit by bit throughout my life, I'm now 61, just for the listeners. I have a great <laughs> beard. <laughs> um, it it goes from uh, a magical occurrence to uh, understanding or reading or finding confirmation. Hey, actually, I'm not crazy here. It this makes sense. This is normal. This is oh, this works. Hey, actually, this is a great idea. That's, like oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. 
Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, so I've had my um, run-ins with intrusive thoughts as well, which is what I think the word for that is, where they just come out of nowhere and you're like, oh, and it's it's not really you. It's just your brain going, hey, look at all these people put together. We're angry. So I've had my run-ins with that too. And I found that there's so much power in realizing that well, our brains naturally, like we naturally believe our brains and we naturally take everything seriously. That it's just a thought on its own. It doesn't hold power over us. And like, that's so magical. Like, that's, I, very, that's very magical. And here there's even secret belief, uh, secret religion, non-religion. It's a non-religious religion. Uh, <laughs> it's the big joke. So that's the, the name thought, of it? Yeah. And, and I don't even know if it's on the internet, but I heard it, read a few times something about it. So in, in side points, I never researched it. So, uh, <laughs> but just a thought, it's all a big joke. Adds to this feeling of, uh, I don't have to take it too seriously. Uh, I can play with it, etc. Uh, and, and playfulness, sorry, go ahead. Yes, play is how nature invented learning. So the more you play, the more you learn, the faster you learn, because if you play, your whole body on all levels is activated, all your senses, your subconscious. And schools prohibit play or, or downsize it because then you can't measure how much is learned. That's but true. It, so school is organized around measuring progress of learning, but that's not the best way of learning. The best way of learning is messy, uh, faulty, uh, falling, etc. Ima just imagine yeah, this is uh, this is uh, wonder, and how I come up also with wonder. So a second way is to ask questions. Why are we doing? And then questions more people perhaps should ask or invent. So one of the questions is, why are we learning in school that you must understand something before you can do it? That you must uh, try out before you have the test, the test that, mm -hmm. and you have to do it well, otherwise you fail. So suppose that we. Uh, learned our children to walk when they're one on mm -hmm. the school way so before you go walk to mama you first have to have explain how will you work walk <laughs> do you have a plan yes left leg first and then the right leg and do you understand how that works yes have you understand the con understood the concept of balance no you can't fall otherwise you have to train walking for two weeks before you can try again to walk to mama <laughs> that's such a good example oh it's, my gosh it's insane it's insane yeah. well and and it's funny because i mean i've heard a lot of people talk about school and and some of the issues that we have with school like you know um like the math really came in handy this parallelogram scene you know like um which is obviously just like kind of a joke because obviously taxes are so much more important than learning parallelograms when it's not relevant, right? And so I've heard a lot of things about school from different people, but I've never heard that angle. And I just love that. I love that so much because, I mean, obviously play is so important, but what a great, what a great metaphor, or not even metaphor, but like um, exam in real life. Yes, and it goes very deep because this, once again, I, I start asking these questions and researching a little bit and then I find that there is now uh, even articles of psychologists who are deeply worried about something they call play deprivation which oh. means that uh, if you don't play your social skills go down uh, and, and, and you're playing is something different than gaming online although in mm -hmm. gaming online you can develop a lot of skills also even social skills so I'm not against those you're saying that uh, playing with your body outside, climbing trees, falling out, 
And uh, society is con constant in this balance, and we have to choose for ourselves and also for life. If I know a mother who lost a son because he fell out of a tree, and wow. this is deeply tragic. At the same time, can you imagine what it do to this whole society if nobody were, or no children were allowed to climb trees anymore? Yeah. That would be much more harmful to the whole as for the whole of society. So, but I can't, I, I, I'm probably not allowed or some people will be shocked. Yeah, well, we have, we have to take an account. Some children may die, uh, but God damn it. Can I say that one? That was worth that. For yep, the Christian. Yep. Sorry. Any of them is fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, if we prohibit children to climb, all of us have had this uh, near-death experience in, in our youth. We all took risks that if our parents knew about it at the time, we'd, <laughs> we'd be grounded for, for, for months. You know? yeah. and, and we had those scares and frights, and sometimes it goes wrong, but so often it also turns out well. Or we learn from it, or we need to overstep boundaries to learn. Yes. And I overstepped a lot of boundaries, <laughs> not in the wildest way. So I did an experiment with drugs that was not, uh, or booze that was not, um, but I had to say sorry a lot too. So I had to learn, to calm my tone down. Already now I learned uh, when I said, God damn, I had, uh, you know, I immediately go sorry because I know it might be offensive to some people. At mm -hmm. the same time, when I get fired up. So another thing is to find where, what fires you up, what fires me up. When I found that and I live from that, it's so much more fun life. It's so much more rewarding. And uh, I've had a lot of different jobs and I loved all of them. And if somebody hires me to do something I haven't done in a while, I go, oh yeah, I can do this again. Oh yeah, long time. That, um, so so what, what is it that, besides the writing, what is it that you do right now? I'm currently working on uh, two international game projects. For uh, one is a card game to develop leadership, and the other is a will be an app game where we try to make the real world more beautiful. I love that. All player, all that player effort into gaming. You know, uh, I, I read somewhere that uh, in some games, the amount of man hours put into it is more than building a cathedral in the Middle Ages. <laughs> and some of these online virtual worlds are works of art. You have, if you see them as a work of art, it's incredible what has been built. But what if we could use that same power and energy to make a difference in the real world? I just, I love that so much. And, and it's clear that you are very willing to step outside of the parameters of what we're supposed to do. I'm just kind of starting to explore that now, like with the podcasting and everything. You know, it's like, it's like we don't have to stay in the little boxes that we thought we did. And no. so much comes from, you know, you were talking about curiosity and wonder. So much comes from, um, I was just talking to my nephew about this the other day, actually, just from, from asking like, well, well, how do we know that? Like, you know, like every time it's like, well, that won't work because of this. It's like, okay, well, what if we assumed that whatever this is wasn't the case? Like, then could it work? And how could we make it work within the parameters of the real world? Yes. And uh, one of the other things, uh, so uh, one of the things that I sometimes also try to do is then if, so here's a crazy thought. So I, I can't remember how it got there, but, and I, it may be that somebody else told it to me and that then I remember or, or mm -hmm. uh, I came up with myself. But at some point, uh, you have to admit, who are 
who are the storytellers? Who, who are the people in the, on this planet who tell the fairy tale? Is that A, the fantastic dreamer who say, uh, we, let, let's make a, the world more ecological sound and sane. Mm-hmm. Or is that the politicians who said, uh, we must stick to the infinite, infinite growth model for our industries because otherwise our economy will be hurt. I'd say those people are telling a fairy tale that is impossible to do on a, on a finite planet. So mm-hmm. I find also from the work on something in question society as it is. Yeah. And if, if we then go to science, we, we stick to the facts. But uh, it, and I wonder if there ever has been a research about this, but I haven't Googled it. I've been lazy. Uh, <laughs> but the amount of scientists who dreamt up solutions to big questions. So in a dream, they get dictated whole chapters for books and they write this down. I also had dreams that changed my life. Like actual and, dreams, like when you're sleeping or, or dreams yeah, in the sense of like actual dreams when sleep. I'm sleeping. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can give you an example of a dream that changed my life and uh, also the life of others because of what I did with it. So in this dream, I'm bringing a container to Africa Okay. in the containers, help goods. I don't know what, but there's help goods in the container. Okay. And somehow in the dream, I have all the time this fuzz with this container. Okay. Uh, There's, there's trouble with papers. There's, uh, the next, I, I land somewhere with a plane and then there should be a truck, but it isn't there. And there's fusion and all the time shit happening. And, and, and I start to wonder yeah. what, what the fuck is in this container? That's so important. I, I know I <laughs> must bring it to a place in Africa, but what the fuck is in this container? So I, one day a night I open in the, in the, the dream was many days in the, yeah. So when I, I open the container, I look in, and in there are these little plastic cubes which are empty. So the little plastic, gray plastic, of a terrible plastic, thousands, and they all make no sense. And still the feeling I must bring the container. So I have this kind of miserable feeling, why the fuck, but let's do it, apparently it's important. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the cool thing the about end, dreams is you just know things are important in dreams. So. Yes. So finally I land somewhere in Africa with the container and I'm now standing totally embarrassed and a black woman walks to me and uh, I know she walks to me and then she puts up her hand and she put, places her hand on my heart. And in that moment, I feel cute. Uh-huh. So it's this incredible, strong, powerful feeling of being that's cool it was amazing and uh it worked it worked as part of i would say the therapy i had in my life because i never went to a real therapist but this was one of those therapeutical moments and uh the 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 lesson from this is not that i need to go to africa but the lesson for me was those that i think i need to heal can heal i love that Yeah, and that led to an invention I did. So I was creating a a party with a friend in a big empty building. So we had a whole big empty court building. And it was a small counter where official counter where people could sit behind. And we had the party through the whole building because it was emptied out for renovations. And we could use the whole building for a party, which was amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. 
And uh, I thought, what shall we do in the counter? Uh, and I thought of it, the counter for live questions. So you go to the counter and you ask your live question and somebody will help you. And then I thought, who will help you find the counter? And uh, we came up with children. So children around the age of 10, 12 were sitting behind the counter. And this is an excellent age group because they still have, like some teenagers have this uh, distrust towards adults, then it doesn't mm -hmm. work. But this hope, if we're all nice, everything will turn out fine. This kind of magical glow. There we have mm -hmm. magic again. And we put <laughs> children behind it. And I thought, uh, and all I told, told the children is uh, whenever somebody comes to you, you must ask, keep on asking questions un until you understand the question of the adult, because they might be a bit fuzzy yeah. about it. And, uh, and after we had uh, prepared the children a little bit, uh, how can I help you? Okay, what's your question? No, uh, I don't understand it. What is it then, what you really want? Yeah, children had learned this. We opened the party, the counter was there. And after 15 minutes, a woman comes to me. says, Flores, Flores, I just went to the counter. I'm shocked, something wrong. I think I need six months of therapy to admit the child is right. <laughs> I go, what? So, so apparently there's a lot of adults who think children are little uh, empty vessels. You throw in information and they grow up. That's mm -hmm. not true. I, yeah. I, my, my nephews are like that. Like if you just like ask them what they think and like, like have like, take the time to have a real conversation with them. What's so beautiful is that, you know, they've got, they've got the, the same type of, you know, soul that all of us do, but it's unencumbered by the weights of the world that we, we put on ourselves and the, the, you know, like the principled stands and the arbitrary rules and it's unencumbered by that yet. So, so they have this freedom to speak their minds and explore that, so many adults lose and then we have to relearn how to do that in adulthood if we're lucky i you say it beautiful i i, I the words and un unencumbered that's that's one of those words i can't it's not in my yet in my uh, oh oh i know i understand um, it oh, okay. but I, I it would come to me, not come to me in use you know that yeah you, i understand more words than i can practically use but it's a you say it beautiful. Yeah, and uh, and later I did it at a festival and, and uh, several times. And it's so beautiful because the children get this incredible empowerment. Because suddenly there's adults who listen to them, take them serious. They feel they have meaning. And so it's like they're all the black, the black woman and, and, uh, and all the adults who come to them are, are me, like me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love that idea. I love any project that really empowers everyone on, like, on, on every side, you know, any, any yeah. project where, you know, it's not like, like so much, so much of life today is, is based on win-lose, you know, or things like that. But win-win is so possible. Like the children are benefiting, the adults are benefiting, you're benefiting. It, it makes me very happy. Uh, uh, it's beautiful to see. And it's also very touching. So one, one we did a test run and uh, there's a woman sits in front of a child, ask a question, the child asks a question back and the woman starts to cry. And, and beautiful cry, yeah? Like yeah. straight to the point. <laughs> and uh, here's one conversation I once heard uh, a child have with a woman. So mostly I stayed away from it. So I, I put it in motion and then children had to carry it themselves. Yeah. Uh, because it's their, their counter. I, I, I cannot say what answers to give. 
but I know some friends who still a year later were still working on those answers or tips, which is much better than most coaches get. <laughs> and uh, But this child sits as a little boy. He sits opposite of a woman about 60, 60 plus. And the woman says, uh, so, um, hello. Um, now, I, I have a question. Well, says the little boy. Okay, yes, what is your question? Well, um, you know, several years ago, my husband died. Uh, I'm a widow now, but I, I have a good life. Uh, you know, I, I go play cards every Monday. And then on Wednesday, we have uh, a, a dinner group. Uh, lady, what is your question? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, not having a husband. And, and, and I fill in everything perfectly. Or I, I, on Fridays, we have a, a music evening sometimes. Or I go with a friend to the theater. Lady, what is your question? <laughs> and this repeats like four times. And then the end, she says, I, I would like to have a new husband. And uh, that she just admits this out loud is is already such a beautiful breaking point. Yeah, that's so powerful. Man. And and the children also don't have a judgment on it. You want a husband? Okay. Then you can do this, this, this. Uh, you want to have a cat? You want to get rid of your cat, but you don't want to kill it. Yeah, well, then you can do this, this, this. You know. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. That's an incredible idea. I, yes. I just love that. So, uh, so another thing to have magic happen is have crazy ideas that somehow you know are sane in my gut feeling, not not for men people, and then do them. So uh, recently with Corona, I walked through Amsterdam as an dressed up as an angel. Oh! I thought let's let's do this. I have the inkling I should do this, so I just did it, and uh, instead. Instead of a beautiful young female angel with long hair, you have a lot of girls who, who dress up sometimes like that. And that's always, you know, very beautiful. And here's this fat old <laughs> <laughs> old angel. But uh, it was so fun to do. And, and it's, it's strange for the people who saw it. I could see how they reacted. Uh, sadly, that wasn't filmed. But you could see how they went, huh? Hey! Ah! <laughs> hey. Wow, you know, kind of um, when when things are dark and you are confronted with something that's outside the zone of how you look at life, it can lift you out of the the like the us versus them thinking or the everything is dark, there's no hope, etc. Well, that's that's exactly what I was just thinking as you were talking. Is I feel like it would it would shake people out of the funk, you know, like oh, like like I find there's so much power in like there's a lot of bad stuff that happens and goes on in life. That's true. But there's also like an incredible amount of good and we miss it all the time. So if there's a big enough thing, you know, like a person who's dressed up as an angel, for example, and you're like, oh, like, yeah, there is fun and good and happiness around to be to be had. Yes. Part of my life is about how to create those little things or big things. I, I co-founded a school also with some other people twice. <laughs> and um, in this school, we had like, what well, I told you before, no measurements, no tests, no uh -huh. nothing. It was for adult, young adults because it was outside the school system. Otherwise, we were... For, so it was not for children who were still obligated to go to school. And uh, in this school, I got a comment from my students that part of what I did was by being they were confronted with, oh yeah, you can use weird, weird, crazy lives. 
And uh, now then your listeners may wonder what crazy life, because it's not that I traveled for nothing around the world. I know people who did that. So, so amazing things can happen. I, when I was about 24, I thought nothing magical would ever happen to my life. When I'd be end up at 50 and then live in a little house and a row of houses, have a wife and an ulcer because I hated my job. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the dream happened. a white picket fence and an ulcer. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I, I learned to just follow what, what came as an idea that oh, I would really love to do that. So I, I met this guy and said, I'm starting a festival. I said, okay, uh, I never played with festival. Can I play along? I said, yeah, <laughs> sure. And then I was part of the festival organization. So, <laughs> or, That's amazing. Or once I got this television education to make small television items for, for mm-hmm. regional television. And then we had end presentation to people who could hire us. So there were all these people from these regional channels. Yeah. And uh, I showed them my items and they, they were crazy. One was on Frank Zappa music with uh, psychedelic uh, effects in the item. And the other <laughs> was uh, a very subjective hard cut interview with two people that I let talk to each other, where one was clearly the winner and the other the loser, which is totally non-journalistic. <laughs> and I showed it to him and said, I, I, I think I'm not made to make uh, objective news. I, I, I want to do crazy stuff. So this is my crazy stuff. I showed it to them. And they all said, Flores, we love it, but we can't hire you. There's no work for you. <laughs> I said, okay, that's fine with me. <laughs> and then half a year later, I was called, do you want to, have, uh, to make commercials? So you can think up your own stories, you can uh, decide your own team, you can hire actors. Uh, and I made commercials for a while until uh, there was a small economic crash. And then I started to do other things. So, uh, and then actually I was called again by somebody else. Do you want to do event design? So can you help us design events? So that's <laughs> also a thing I learned how many people try to please. So they, if they want to get a job, hey, please hire me. I'm very good and work very hard. And I really love uh, what you're in this factory. Factory. Yeah, no, I know not, exactly what you don't, mean. But they play. <laughs> and, and they say, if you don't get hired, you have to do what they expect. Yeah. And they expect you to be hardworking and prove yourself all the time. As a, but if you go to an interview and say, I, I like this, I want that. This is in your factory what I would really change. And they hire you, you're free to work with that. Yeah, like presenting as you are instead of presenting as you feel like they want you to be. Exactly, and then you get hired for you. I get a lot of hired, so this is one of, I'm not rich. I have often not, not enough work, kind of, but the freedom I've got. You know, it's, it's amazing because in the times I'm not hired, I start to do crazy things and some may lead to work. <laughs> And, uh, and like in this case, game projects. That's so one, I came up with myself and other is an idea of somebody else. And they uh, hired me as their, their lead game designer. So, so a little bit, um, actually, so, so we're, we're getting close, close to the end here. I'm super bad at ending podcasts. It's always like this super awkward stilted. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, I wanted to ask you, so those products, when, uh, the, the the games. When do you think they will be um, released? Do you know? Do you know if they'll be available internationally? I mean, I know the oh, app probably will. Before, let's let's be realistic. 
uh, in normal games, when I want five and a hundred, get to the market. Yeah, so, that's true. <laughs> and we're not even in that stage. <laughs> so for one, we are looking for an uh, investor, and the other is a card game. And we now just started talk to somebody who might turn it also into an app, because now we can't play card games in groups. Yes. Um, but the creative work, I found, is never lost. So if I work on games, I did before in the 90s, and I invented several games in a row. None hit the market. They all failed. And then I found, all right, somebody else had invented them already. It's a very <laughs> similar idea. I was too late. But that work turned out to be why I was hired as event designer, because I understood game design and the thinking of how how to structure uh, events and games. So I made uh, major role-playing games, medieval castles. I even got to play king <laughs> on a medieval castle uh, or, or Roman emperor and, and uh, have all these uh, CEOs of uh, small and bigger companies be my, uh, my, my, my people and <laughs> be their tyrant. <laughs> uh, and then again, to be the tyrant, it's so beautiful work because it is so precise. If you are too too ugly to them, it's, it's sadomasochism, wrong. If you're too nice, it's it's just a comic act. So how to be scared the shit out of them while they still <laughs> think this is fun and awesome. And to play that for an actor, for the actor in me, that's, that's awesome work. That sounds like so much fun. Yes, so... So but, I guess... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, so I had many of these kind of jobs where you think, how is it possible? Where do you get the such jobs? And um, it has to do with being honest, following my dream, taking chances, not afraid to fail. I failed a lot. I failed incredibly a lot. And somehow those were the learnings I needed to go through to get this freedom, this passion for everything. Well, yeah, I always say if it's not a blessing, it's a lesson. And even a lesson's a blessing. So everything's a blessing. <laughs> it's like a That's, hack where ev yeah. everything's good. <laughs> even that is good. Yeah, somebody once gave me a recipe. It said uh, a little paper and it said, uh, follow your bliss. The uh, message from Joseph Campbell, I think. That's uh, that's awesome. I mean, I don't know if I even told you the name of this podcast. It's The Conquest of Bliss. So There um, we go. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, so what I was, what I was, um, the reason that I asked the question about if it's going to come to market is I'm wondering if, you know, for the people who listen, how, how can they, you know, get more of you? I know they can find you on Medium, um, find your articles, but how can they interact more? Because I mean, you're such an interesting and, and helpful person. Well, I'm also on Facebook, so uh, you can follow me on Facebook. Um, and there, of course, when the games are getting ready, we're now talking for one of the games about the secrets, like a uh, marketing little thingy, people curious. Nice. Uh, but, um, and, and we're still gathering the team. So how can they follow me? Yeah, and follow me on Medium, that uh, on uh, medium.com, The Gentle Revolution. With the, and then so little stripe in the middle, how do you call it? The dash or an underscore? The, da the dash. Is it, is it at the bottom or in the middle? In the middle. The letters. That's a dash, yeah. Yeah, but this, the also horizontal one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a dash is yeah. the one that's the like in the middle of the dash, screen. Gentle dash revolution. All right, perfect. And, and I will link that. I will link that underneath yeah. as well. Yeah, 
And on Facebook, one of the games also will appear. I have a group called, uh, page called Flourish. There are several pages like called Flourish. I love that. that. There's a the the team we're called together, Flourish Gaia, and oh. the game uh, will the work title now uh, is Gravita, and it's about uh, leadership development. I think it's a. Beautiful, simple ideas. So I get better at beautiful, simple ideas which have depth and ask I'm, a central question to people who play. And I think I'm very excited um, to follow this. And, and like I said, so I will message you in Messenger after and get the links um, from you yeah. so that I can include those for people. And I just want to say um, thank you so much. So, so don't hang up right away. I'm just going to close this out and then, uh, and then we'll finish up our, our side of the the chat um so thank you so so much for taking the time to come on here i appreciate it so much cara thank you so much for inviting me uh, thank you for your energy uh, i i really love the way you you entered with full trust so here's a stranger <laughs> you never spoke to me you just read one article and you really went for full trust and i love that that's the good energy and people who have that vibe for everyone who's listening recognize each other in the world and they have mostly also better lives yeah i'm very very blessed and and that's I, that's the only way i know how to do it um so it's just so that everyone knows what you're talking about um so i found him i found him on uh, on medium saw the article loved the article and then i looked at his name found him on facebook and messaged him and said hey i love this article can you please come on my podcast about happiness <laughs> like no introduction or anything <laughs> yeah and to do you see where that can help you get you so um, yeah. that was oh sorry no that's you see where that can get you it's been it's been miraculous my my life in the last year has just like since i started and it's funny because i really really believe in a lot of the things you talked about in that art i will link that article by the way i've talked about it so much people are going to be so yeah. curious um <laughs> but so many things in that article like i've i've started doing in the last year and the transformation has been in like it's it's just been crazy like my life was not e um leading up to recent events and now yeah i wouldn't say that it's easy but it just feels like no matter what happens, if it's, you know, objectively, quote unquote, negative or positive, it's still, it's still good. It forwards the growth and I get to be happy and the opportunity. So I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm verklempt. So, so happy. Yeah. But also understand, I think everybody should understand this happiness is built on knowing what pain is. It's not like easy click and it's all cured. So it takes time. Yes. It takes allowance, it takes dare to trust, it takes uh, also have meaning. Uh, at some point, I, this is very final words, but very, I gave up trying to be happy. <sighs> I thought, fuck it, the whole work to be happy. And it's it's mostly self-indulgent. And I started to work for what I thought would uh, help a better world, create a better give so much, give so much drive, give so much energy. And I don't focus on outcomes. What happens, happens. But uh, I have a drive and the feeling I get from that already gives chat without. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that? Because it just happened to lag out. So it gives you so much happiness. Oh, it, without struggling for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, do do uh, what helps. Do what helps. And uh, you matter. That's so beautiful and so fucking powerful. Um, you know, especially, I think the biggest trick is stop seeking happiness and let happiness be. 
in your life instead of instead of always because the 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 dichotomy it creates the, the problem that it creates is we seek it we seek it we seek it and that means that we're never actually there we can't get it if we're constantly yeah and happiness is a feeling and a moment so i'm not happy all moments that's that's insane if i live i get emotions they can also be anger rage uh sadness etc all emotions can happen so emotions are the byproduct of your actions so if your actions are in line with expressing your true self with doing things that matter then it comes more and more automatically without me focusing on it i i don't focus on but now talking to you i just feel it coming up because uh it's isn't it amazing i i can I hear myself talking and compared to the teenage boy I was, who was totally frustrated, felt not seen, uh, lonely on his room, you know, the, all the terrible teenage stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I am so rich now in positive vibe. That's, uh, that's so true. Okay. My phone is now dying. So I am okay. going to, I'm going to close out and then, but don't, don't hang up. Um. <laughs> Bye Tara. Bye. It was a pleasure. And Thank my you. listeners. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. And to my listeners, I love you guys and bye.